Welcome to the Recharge Your Life podcast with me, Dr. Carrie Ulrich and Kelly Gunther. We are thrilled to talk to people who have made a decision that recharged their lives. Often, they pushed themselves out of their comfort zone and took risks. We want to know about that decision point, why did they make that decision, and most importantly, how can we learn from them? Kelly and I are passionate HR professionals, and together we co-founded our HR consulting firm, Abracci Group. We have talked to amazing people throughout our careers and listened to them as they made decisions that changed their lives and knew that these inspirational stories would help others. And why did we call it Recharge? It's based on a book I co-authored called The Way of the HR Warrior. And in it, we have a leadership model, CHARGE, which stands for courage, humility, accuracy, resiliency, goal-oriented, and exemplary. We know that people used one or more of these qualities to help them make their decisions, and we want to learn from them. Now, sit back, listen, and be inspired by these stories, and then do something to recharge your life. Let's get to it. Hi, everyone. It's Kelly. We're so excited to have Halvern Logan as our very special guest. Growing up, Halvern attended Christian Brothers, which is an all-male high school preparatory college. Completed his BA at the University of Tennessee in economics while participating on one of the premier tennis teams in the country. He then joined Federated Department Stores as a buyer and later moved to Merrill Lynch as a financial advisor. Helvern then took a break from the corporate world to attend Pepperdine University in Malibu, California, where he completed his MBA before moving to Paris, France, completing the Master of International Business segment of his studies from the French Business University at the University of Paris, Sorbonne. After a series of years in Paris, Halvern returned to the U.S. and joined Federal Express in Memphis, Tennessee as a senior financial analyst and later returned to Europe after being promoted to manager of financial forecasting as an expatriate in Brussels, Belgium. After 20 years of corporate life, He decided to change career paths, moving into financial recruiting services, allowing him the freedom to travel and live internationally. He later created his own firm, HBL Search, supporting clients with a team of recruiters and a consortium of executive recruiters from all industries in the U.S. and Western Europe. Halvern is is active in nonprofit organizations. He's been a member of the Black MBA Association for over two decades where he was also the Vice President of Administration for the Los Angeles chapter. Currently, he shares his time equally between Paris, France, and Los Angeles. Halvern performs multiple services for organizations in the U.S., Canada, and Western Europe. This includes targeted searches for leading companies, startups, municipalities, as well as nonprofits. He provides consulting services for organizations related to diversity planning, career coaching, and transitions and outplacement management. So Halvern, we always like to start our podcast first by asking, what show, podcast, book, or blog do you like to go to when you want to push yourself and expand your thinking? I usually um, have someone that I like. His name is Deepak Chopra. And uh, when I need to balance my life, uh, when things are really crazy, I usually listen to his podcast. Uh, he also has quite a few books. Uh, Soul of Healing Affirmations is one of them that really works for me. And it keeps me balanced with all of the stress and the work that I do and the travel. And so when I feel that there's a need for additional energy or re- to be resourced, 
uh, I usually go to to Deepak's uh, one of his podcasts. Thank you, Halvern. Um, first, we have to back up. I love that we have Halvern and Kelly, both tennis stars. I'm going to elevate <laughs> your college. I'm going to elevate both you and Kelly. We're both on <laughs> tennis teams and probably could, you're up to like the Williams sisters level, I think. I'm just going to put it out there. Put it out there, right, Kelly? Kelly's like, stop. Yeah, well, I mean, you, you you could have me beat, Halvern. So I'm just, I, I was like, oh my gosh, your background. It won't be say, I won't You have access to the French Open. I'm like, oh my gosh. That's right. Yeah. Amazing. Amazing. <laughs> this whole podcast could be dedicated to talking about tennis right now. And I will just sit back and let the two of you discuss the French Open. <laughs> uh, so not only do we have two amazing tennis players on this call right now, um, but... For the first time ever, we are recording outside the United States. I mean, Kelly and I are still here. Don't be crazy. But Halvern is recording from France. So welcome. And uh, bonjour. Halvern. Bonjour. <laughs> so, and that's the end of French now. So we will not <laughs> embarrass ourselves anymore. Um, but no, thank you for talking. Thank you for being on, first of all. And thank you for mentioning how you balance and kind of heal yourself from the stress. So we all know that 2020 is not a stressful year. So it's weird that you would need that Halvern in, in this year <laughs> of any type of balance and stress. Exactly. But yeah. You don't need it this year, but for those who think they might be stressed in 2021, you been, been able to, to uh, talk about Deepak and all the, the books and podcasts that, that he has helped you with and maintaining that because you do have, regardless of the pandemic and, and politics, you, you do have quite a bit of just natural stress in your life by living in two different locations and planning that out. And so for that, for those of you who travel a lot, that can be just stressful, even though you might love it, it's still a stressful thing. When Halvern, did you really start to focus on how can I kind of be more, not more balanced, but really focus on that intentional, like having an intentional practice on, on keeping yourself balanced? When did you, when did you start that? You know, I really started it actually when I was playing tennis because the, the team allowed us to have a psychologist, uh, someone that would also provide uh, yoga. And I started developing meditation techniques uh, with, with my teacher. And that's when I started. So this was well over 20 years ago, 30 years ago. And I continued to be, that was a part of my of my practice uh, along with, um, I didn't mention the martial arts or taekwondo, and learning to develop discipline, uh, impulse control, managing uh, just the, the, the conflicts of our daily lives. Mm -hmm. And it helped me because it taught me about humility. It taught me that I have a place in this world, but that everyone else does too, and to respect and try to listen and understand. And I've been able to manage and, and, and grow in my energy by, by managing that process and meditation. And I certainly, that's something that I coach as well at this point, is understanding how to take, a, take some time away, not always running all the time, but why don't you just do very simple things? And that's, that's been a big part of, of my life uh, uh, in the morning and certainly in the evenings as well. Thank you. I, I would I would say Kelly's wondering if um, did 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 you have a psychologist or yoga playing? Yeah, I was going to say that we no, you just <laughs> took it up to an, yet another level. <laughs> so, no, I was no. I was not even sure. <laughs> Kelly's team did not have yoga. No. 
No. <laughs> or a psychologist. I mean, we could we could have certainly used that, but you know, absolutely not. <laughs> oh, poor Kelly's like, wow, my tennis career really has taken a dive to Alvarez now. Uh, but but thank you for mentioning humility as as uh, we know that's part of the charge quality is that humility and how critical it is in your life to realize that you are a part of something and you are not the only thing that's operating in the world. And so to have that humility, and I love that you talked about meditation, just doing it. It's simple things that you can do a little bit in the morning, a little bit at night. It doesn't have to be overwhelming. It doesn't have to take an hour of your morning it, you can do little things to really recenter yourself. So thank That's you. Right. For, yeah, thank you for saying Absolutely. that. I think it's people are always looking for good ways to to balance and and take away some of that stress. That's right. Um, I, I think for me that that has been an important part of it. Exercise obviously is an important part. Uh, we just have to find some time. We mark it on our calendar and say we're going to do it. We're going to take. You know, five five minutes and meditate. That's all it takes. Uh, if you can do that and just take yourself away from from all the things that are going on in your life, it can give you perspective um, and it allows you to really uh, focus your energy. Mm-hmm. So, Halvern, the main question, because again, now I feel like what, we could have a whole we could have just a whole fifty minutes on this, the tennis, so much. Kelly's poor tennis experience compared to yours. There's a lot to talk about. <laughs> but, but what what is that decision in your life that you made that changed the trajectory? And what of those charge skills did you use to help you make that decision? You know, I've made a couple of really big decisions um, throughout my life. I think one of the first ones was one uh, one evening I was at the dinner table and my my son was was very young and. And I was working a lot. I was an executive with Ford. Um, and um, in the end, he said he missed me because I was working so much. And of course, I was at the dinner table. And I says, you know what? I think at this time, he's eight years old. What can I do so that I can spend as much time as I can with him? Because he won't always be eight. And so the next day, I got on the phone with one of my recruiter friends who had placed me with Ford. And I said, you know what? I want to do something different, something that allows me to travel, but also spend a significant amount of time, you know, with my son and family. And so that's that's when I decided to do that. But I talked to quite a few people to, to see what would I what could I do where I could do well uh, that fit my DNA? Uh, was it pragmatic? Could it could it work? Um, and could I could I find really fulfillment doing that? And and so of course, you know, twenty twenty years later. You know, that's that's what I'm doing. But that was a big choice because my my son was very important for me uh, and he was a priority. Now he's you know, he's in he's in grad school and it's different. But uh, it was important for me to have that period and be a father. Uh, It also changed my career and it allowed me to to have two loves, the the U.S., but also certainly my time in France and the culture in Paris. So. I was able to try to have both of them, and that was that was something. It hasn't always been easy, but that was probably the big decision based off of just trying to take yeah. a step back and and what should I do? And asking some of the people that may have done that before, uh, what are some of the pitfalls? And, and um, you know, there were some difficult times, especially in two thousand nine, two thousand eight, when we had a major recession. 
Um, but uh, I learned from that experience that I had to be very diverse in, in the practice that I offered clients. Um, and of course, that's why this business is more than just recruiting now. It's uh, involved in a lot of consulting and a lot of coaching, uh, a lot of work with, um, with mergers and acquisitions for, for French startups. So um, I'm able to do those things and allow myself to create a bit of stability, which is what I was looking for as well. So with that stability, I'm sure they had to, there was some fear maybe going into it because working at Ford, I'm sure there was a bit of comfort. However, and that probably came with that kind of a role, the stability that comes with having a role at a larger company. How did you sort of work through the adjustments that I'm sure it would probably take to um, move from a larger company with perhaps more stability, more structure to now branching out on your own, what, what, what were some of the challenges that you had and how did you work through them? Well, you know, I was trained in, in finance and that was when I went to school and all my work was in finance. So I was very comfortable with numbers, whether I was with, at Disney or, or in mergers and acquisitions or at Ford. So finance was great. The, the issue was that I, I needed to do something that created flexibility. Um, Part of my DNA is not to be very outwardly, so I'm a, I'm a, I'm, I'm a typical introvert, but I had to get past that. Um, and I was able to do it because I wanted something more than the typical impulse, impulse to, to, to stay pretty much by myself. So um, the most difficult thing was to put myself out, to, to go out and talk to individuals, to, to, to ask questions. It was something that I didn't do to strangers and in recruiting, you have to do that. But I learned to do it. And today I can do it comfortably, but it took time because it's not natural. Uh, so people can do things if it's important enough to them, even if that's not necessarily a part of their DNA. And I was able to do it because I wanted it. And um, I looked for other people that did it. Uh, what was really important uh, so that I didn't fool myself I would write everything down. What do I have to do today? And if I didn't do it, that was, a, that was a problem for me, and I held myself to it. So writing things down that you know you have to do to succeed, even if there's things that are uncomfortable, has been a key to my success. And I know in my mind what I have to do. If I write it down, I have to look at it. And that's how I've been able to continue to progress along with um, looking at things that I didn't do and say, well, why? Was I afraid that I make excuses? And it stayed on my calendar until it got done. So, you know, I've used a lot of different techniques um, to do that, but it's been, it's been able to help me uh, each day that I, that I go through my, uh, my normal routines. Thank you for that. Thank you for that, um, Halvern. And I think, too, part of it is that there is this, especially with those things that make you uncomfortable, those are those are the opportunities that in which you grow the most, right? Those are the, the I, times. I would agree. Which, yes, I yeah. would certainly agree. My my biggest learning, so to speak, have when I when I haven't succeeded. Uh, those are the places where I've really found and advanced the most is when I have I failed. And when I failed, I've been able to learn from those things, to plot a different course, 
to see where I was weak or I needed um, new skills. And that's how I was able to succeed by asking those questions and being humble. And if you're not humble, you won't ask those questions. And if you ask those questions, what did I not do? Was I not ready? Did I not have the resources? You know, maybe I'm not meant to be a, a basketball player for the Los Angeles Lakers, so I should try to do something else. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you, you learn that that's not the case. So you learn that you're not going to be the number one tennis player in the world. You find the things that really can be fulfilling for you, uh, things that you can obviously make a living doing. Um, and you're never going to be perfect for it. You have to keep developing and sharpening your skills and looking at areas of that are uncomfortable and, and making sure you charge at those areas. So that's that's what I've been able to do. I haven't always been successful the first, second, or third time, but if you keep doing it and if you use accountability partners uh, or writing it down, I think you, if you, if you persevere, you usually can get there. Yeah, and the, the, the per, that persistence is what is so important um, because without it, it, it is, you know, if, if you look at every opportunity and you say to yourself, well, I get one shot and one shot only. And, you know, rarely do we ever do things the first time and it really goes perfectly or, or exactly the way we intended, right? Gotcha. Um, so, yeah, so in those instances, if we only give ourselves that one shot, we'll be disappointed quite a bit. But to your point, and it's such a great one, is it is about being able to, to step outside your comfort zone, try something different, and be willing to accept the fact that you don't know everything. That there are going to be people and, and, and um, resources that are available and, and rely on them to get the information that you need. And, that, and having that humility grounds you. So I love that. That's um, that's a, such a great insight. Yeah, I, I think you're right. That was probably an area when I was much younger, I wanted to pretty much do things by myself and, and I can do it all. Probably one of the biggest lessons was learning to ask others for help. And if you can do that, I think that may be one of the biggest assets you can have is knowing when you need help, where to go to get it, and, and being able to ask for it. And then following up, I think that's, you're right, that's probably one of the biggest areas. It takes humility, um, but understanding that you're, you know, you're not going to be able to do everything. There are other people that can add value, that can help you, uh, that can give you counsel. So that's something that I've learned to do uh, relatively early in my adult adult life, but uh, wasn't early enough. I, 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 you know, I could have done much more, but uh, today I look for others to, to give me guidance. And um, everyone can teach me, everyone, no matter who they are. And I imagine, too, Halvern, that there are people uh, listening today who are thinking to themselves, you know, I'm looking, I might have to look at a different um, path for myself. Because with COVID, a lot of people are having to look at different opportunities, take a different job, whether it's something they chose for themselves, whether it's something that they didn't choose, but it, it happened, you know, mm-hmm. due to a layoff or something like that. So for yourself, I, I myself too identify as being more of an introvert. So mm-hmm. for those people who it's difficult for me to sell myself, to sell my abilities, the skills that I possess, what are some recommendations being that you have um, a, a vast amount of experience in this and you have yourself gone through this, you know, personally, what are some recommendations that you have to people? Um, that would help that you feel would help them to to step outside that comfort zone 
and and make the next step, whether you know to to figure out how do they how do they at least identify what those skill sets are that they can start to begin to sh- to share with others or or start feeling comfortable enough to have conversations. You know, one of the things that I wasn't used to when I when I moved into recruiting was that there was a big fail rate. For example, I may have to speak with an interview 30, 30 different candidates to to find the right candidate. That's a lot of no's. And, and so we have to treat um, all of those uh, as a part of the process. And I think a lot of times going outside of your comfort zone is very difficult. There's a lot of fear. If you have someone's hand to hold, not literally, but if you have someone there to support you or just an entourage, that matters a great deal. Being prepared is very important. I certainly, um, you know, as an introvert, I didn't necessarily like to speak a lot, but I, I've had to, I've done, you know, speeches. And, and uh, one thing that has helped me is always preparing, making sure I know uh, all of the information necessary so that I can speak on that subject matter. And that gives you confidence. You won't know it all, but if you prepare, if you practice, that's a big part of, of, of taking on something that takes you beyond your comfort zone. Uh, I think it's important also is to understand that everyone is just like you. And so everyone fails. And you can see in a lot in athletics, you see that people, uh, you know, they don't always succeed, but they they eventually get there. And I think an example um, of, of Michael Jordan, who missed so many uh, free throws, but uh, all people remember is the ones that he made. And so you have to go out there knowing that you're not going to always succeed the first time or second time. But if it's important for you, you will not give up and you'll keep adjusting uh, so that you can get there. So I think that's important is just being able to have someone else with you. Uh, That could be counsel. That could be someone professionally. That could be a friend that understands what you're trying to do and where you're trying to go. I think that's very important. Uh, but it's also important to prepare for that for that journey, and it is a journey. It's not necessarily trying to get there. It's just a journey that that you you need to focus on, and in that way you're you're not disappointed because the journey by itself is 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 fulfilling. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, and being a speaker herself, I know Carrie, who would ask questions if she could. She's having some audio issues, so um, our, our apologies for that, uh, Halvern. Um, but I know Carrie does take a lot of time to prepare too for conversations she's having, the audience to whom she's delivering, um, you know, her, her, her dialogue and content too as well. So to that end, it is always good to be able to have that mindset of um, giving yourself the time and space to think things through and to be intentional about it, especially because you don't have to know the answers to every question. And there will be questions that come to you that you don't that you will maybe have to say, you know what, that's a really good question. I, I have to get back to you on that one. Um, so there's a lot of, a lot of good learnings in all of that. And, and that humility piece is definitely something I hear in your voice, just as you're describing those, those things, there's a, a, a it comes through very clearly. Um, go ahead. Yes. Sorry. yes. I think it's important. I think setting expectations that are realistic, uh, that's an important part of, of my my belief system is so that I am as close to the reality as I can. 
I, I don't expect to always succeed, but as I prepare, I expect myself to do better. Uh, whatever the whatever it is that I'm doing, uh, I think it's important that we continue to practice and know where we need to go to get the best information so that we can succeed. And I think that's important is to be discerning about the people we have around us, uh, the people that are positive, but that are also people that will tell us what we, what we call the truth. Um, that's important. No ego, just humility. And I think uh, when we talk about humility, we can't talk about it. I think it's the most powerful thing we can have because we can succeed if we know that we don't know everything. And it's easy for us to go out and ask, you know, can you help me? And just saying, I need your help is sometimes difficult, but you people will, will always be there to help you. I need your advice. What do you think? This is what I'm trying to do. I noticed that you've done this before. How did you get there? And, and hearing that story and, and getting that support helps you. And that's maybe all you need to get over. Mm-hmm. You know, this is, as you, as you share that, it's very reason, very reason why we wanted to do this podcast is for the very reasons that you just prescribe um, is that there are people out there who, who may feel like, I, I don't know what to do. I don't know where to go. I don't know what resources are available, but to believe in yourself enough to know that reach out and ask. There are people, there are resources, there are tools, there's all kinds of things um, to help. And so we wanted to instill positivity in a world where maybe there isn't so much of that right now. That's um, right. And, um, and that humility does actually serve a, a very, very useful purpose. And um, thank you for being such a, an inspirational force you're, in that for us. You're welcome. You're welcome. That That's important. Not everyone needs the same thing. And so in my coaching, it depends on the executive. Some executives need help in communication. Some of them need need help in, in other areas, such as very specific skills. And then we adapt to that because we know where we need to go, what they need, and then we find those resources so that they can, what we call uh, upskilling, so to speak, where they really are able to develop those skills, if it's professional or even if it's in their, in their personal life. Um, and it's important to be able to know where to go um, so that they can have the resources they need in the language that they speak. Uh, the way that they need to hear it so that they're motivated um, to do, to move in that direction. Wow. I mean, I think I need to listen to you on a calming day uh, when I need a lot of it, because Carrie certainly knows there are a lot of days where I could use a calming influence. <laughs> if, and she would be saying, absolutely. Uh, if she were able to, uh, to, to speak uh, right now. So that's um, right. Uh, Halvern, based on what you learned from the decision that you made in, in really deciding to, you know, to branch out and, and, you know, hearing your son and, and cause there's a lot of people who would say, you know what, I'm paying the bills and I'm doing what I need to do. And in the end, this will be a good thing, but you decided to, to look within and realize that I need to change something. I need to change the dynamic of how I, how I, um, how I appear for my family. So mm-hmm. what would so the top two to three actions, and I know you've mentioned just a, a, a tremendous number already, but what if in, in addition to writing things down and setting expectations and being intentional, are there any other actions that you would recommend our listeners take um, going forward? Well, I think there's a certain belief system or a certain set of core values uh, that we all need to have if we want to set a direction and to be able to succeed. 
Uh, I'm not one to, to, to say that these are the values anyone should have or, or shouldn't have. Mm-hmm. I start my day every day by saying, I will make my bed. And every day I, I start that way by respecting the place that I sleep and making my bed. And that starts me off right away. But there's other things that people can do as they move forward. Um, And a part of it, I believe, is just a philosophy, a philosophy of understanding that we can't do everything and setting realistic goals, uh, short-term goals, medium-term goals. And long-term goals are more difficult. We can have those aspirations. But if we focus on the short and medium-term uh, we have a chance. And so understanding that based off of what I value, these are the things that I want. These are my goals. The part of that for me was when I went to, to grad school and learned that there was another place called Europe and that I also enjoyed my time there. Um, I've been able to say, how do I find, um, how do I create a situation for myself that allows me to relatively easily live in both cultures. And that took time. Um, I joined corporations that had subsidiaries in France. It worked or it didn't work. But in the end, I knew that I had to develop certain skill sets. Um, Part of it was speaking to people that I didn't know. Um, That was not a part of an introvert. Generally, we don't do that. But I said that it was important for me enough to to live in both cultures that I will do, in this case, recruiting and consulting, in which I can do it in both both countries. Um, how do you do that? I, I think I think depending on what that person, if that person's a, an, an analyst and he wants to be a vice president, a lot of it has to do with skills, but a lot of it has to do with what I call what I call emotional intelligence. Everyone talks about it, but. That's probably the area that I haven't mentioned is how do you learn to communicate and relate to other people? You can't do it by yourself. And there are plenty of books out there about it, but it is also something that we have to practice. That is something we can improve. Understanding how to connect with people, that allows you to leverage and to be helped by other people. And with that kind of support, uh, you can do anything. I got to where I am because of people helping me. Because... I learned to listen. Uh, part of it is I enjoy listening, um, but I also learned to learn a lot of uh, very positive things that I share with other people. And that connection, because of a certain uh, level of emotional intelligence that, I, intelligence that I believe that I've developed, has really helped me uh, connect with people, help them, but also for them to help me. Um, and we all need people. We've, we, we're in a situation now with, uh, with this uh, virus where we're, we're having to shut down and be in our homes. That's when we realize how important it is to have other people. And I would say, other than, you know, the other things that I've mentioned, is learning to connect with people, learning to accept others, regardless of, of if you have their values or not. Learning to get along is important. And I've been able to do that and learn to help other people and, and, and connect with people. And that's that's a part of what I also coach is how do you learn to communicate? Understanding nonverbal communications is a huge part of it. Um, and, and with that, I've been able to develop um, a lot of important people in my life. I mean, 
not only have you shared, I think just amazing actions for, for a person professionally speaking, Halvern, I will take it up a notch to say that you've given tremendous insight into how someone for, you know, just tremendous life skills, just how to be a good human, you know, to be someone who is able to connect and have self-awareness about, about who you are, what you believe. Um, but then also that acceptance and the ability to get along, regardless of what the belief system is, that we are all humans, we're all here for a reason, um, especially now in the climate that we're in. Sure. I mean, I'll leave it at that. But the sure. reality of it, it, there's just such a beauty to that. And we've lost a lot of that, I feel, um, you know, over the last few years. And in to just ground ourselves in reminding how lucky we should feel to be just present in the moment. In the moment. That's right. That we call it Zen. And and, and a part of that is just being able to respect the moment that we have. We might wake up tomorrow, but we'll be blessed if we do have that opportunity to be very grateful for that moment. Now, what do we do with that time that we have? Mm -hmm. We've seen so many people, uh, over 250,000 people die. What would we do if we only had one day left? And certainly we, want to, we don't want to argue. We don't want to fight. We want to find connections and we want to share with others. And I think that's generally what people will want to do uh, with their family, their loved ones, et cetera. That those are the things that are always going to be important no matter what. Um, and fundamentally, um, we have to start there. And from there, we can. there's no place that we can't go. But we do need people and we need tolerance. And that's very difficult when other people may be giving us energy that's not necessarily very positive. Uh, that's where meditation comes in, where we have to let that transcend through us and, and stay positive and stay loving um, and understand that everyone has periods of times where they're, they're in difficulty or they're, they're angry, uh, everyone. And so if we have a certain understanding and ability to, to accept that, um, it's not necessarily something that we can change. We just don't want it to take our energy. Uh, we control our energy and we can't allow other people and conflicts and, and that kind of uh, maybe even violence to, to, to be a part of who we are. And uh, we, there are techniques out there that allow us to, to protect ourselves and, and, and not absorb all of that uh, negative energy. And a part of it is what I do every day uh, is what we we should all do is so that we stay uh, connected with people in a very positive way. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Um, and again, thank you so much for, for your inspirational words of wisdom, um, considering that this, this is airing before the holidays. Um, what a tremendous message to share uh, of humility, of grace, of love, of peace, understanding, Um, before the holidays. So again, thank you, Halvern, so much for your inspirational story today, for sharing your philosophy um, and your your humility with us. It's such a beautiful story. Um, You're welcome. Yeah. And again, if you are interested in in connecting with Halvern, please feel free to do so at LinkedIn, at Halvern Logan. We'll also have his uh, contact information, excuse me, Um, in our show notes. So you'll be easily able to access that information. Um, Again, thank you, Halvern, for joining our podcast and for being such a a source of true inspiration for everyone. 
You're very welcome. Be safe. And uh, I look forward to seeing you again. Absolutely. Thank you. Take care. You too. Thank you for listening to the Recharge Your Life podcast. Please sign up for our newsletter at abracigroup.com and follow us on social media. You can find us on LinkedIn at Abrachi Group, Instagram at Warriors of HR, and Twitter at Warriors underscore HR. Remember to subscribe to our podcast, leave a review, and please tell a friend. And be sure to drop us a note on how you are recharging your life. We can't wait to hear from you.